Hi, everyone. It's really exciting because I'm joined by Graham Phillips, the pharmacist who gave up the smack. Uh, sorry, the drugs. So it's great to have you here, Graham. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, Dan. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm really sorry for just bringing that joke out of nowhere, but I thought it was quite good. Uh, I love I love your title. It's kind of it's evocative. It makes you think so many things. And I think that's great what you do. So yeah, yeah. how's your year been? Let's go through that first. Uh, well, yeah, it's very hard to say. I mean, we've, I've still running three of the nation's busiest pharmacies. So you can imagine okay. it's been insane. And now there's a national shortage of pharmacists. So on top of the on top of the usual insanity, there's been day, many days when there's no pharmacist available except me. Um, oh, wow, so and you I'm, had to go back I, on the front line as well. I'm, I'm the least competent pharmacist in our group. But fortunately, <laughs> we've got very good systems and very good technicians who, who keep my patients safe. So there have yeah, been many good. days when I've had to go and rejoin the front line like I did at the start of the crisis and actually run one of the branches. That's incredible. Yeah. The, the thing and, is, though, you're probably yeah. like me in that way because you're like running the business you know, at the higher level. You're not on the front yeah. line as much. You're not as used to it, are you? And suddenly I'm, I'm, you think, eek, here we go. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I've got fantastic systems, fantastic technology and fantastic teams. Um, yeah. And they can do all that in the background. I'm, I'm still, I mean, the thing that I love, I've never enjoyed the technical tech side of dispensing. I, my technicians do all of that. I love my time with the patients. And of course, it's been an incredible period. But the trouble is that um, it, when I do another 12 hours in the front, front front line, the 12 hours of work I would have done doesn't go anywhere. So then I end up breaking all my yeah. own rules, working stupid, stupid hours and getting no sleep, rinse and repeat. That's not what I signed up for. That's exactly will... what I've gone through. Yeah. Um, same thing happened here. We had a member of staff who had to leave. They went off and actually toured with the rock band, which is pretty cool. Um, but it did yeah. mean that I was. we had a really busy week and I was pulled back into the kitchen. And I finished the day's yeah. work feeling absolutely exhausted, thinking, oh, it'd be nice to go home and relax now. But actually, my day job that yeah. I haven't done today is waiting yeah, for me. And nobody else can do it. So if yeah. I don't do it, it doesn't get done. And it's, it is stressful, isn't it? So from that perspective, it's been a really tough year. But from the perspective of um, professional satisfaction, feeling that we've done some good, um, both in the pharmacy context and productivity context, it's, you, know, you could say it's my best year ever. That's fantastic. Well done. I'm really proud of you that you've had such a good year. I think it was probably yeah. autumn, autumn last year that I first met you. And um, I think we kind of all thought coming to the end of 2020 would be you know, the end of all the COVID nonsense and that's still going on very much as yeah. strong as ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I kind of think we're just, it's just a matter of time now until, well, hopefully we get through it because we can't go on like this forever, can we? But it has been a pretty stark, strange time in yeah. human history to live through. Um, but anyway, yeah. let's keep it nice and light. So yep. you've come on to the show to do a few things, but one of the things we're going to talk about today is you and I have uh, done a little experiment. Well, you've done the experiment. All I'm doing is asking you about the results, which I thought was quite exciting. And this was the fact that you have uh, got a box of our lemon drizzle cakes there. Um, Here, here's one that you prepared earlier. Here's I one I prepared I'll... earlier. Yeah, the blood, sweat and tears <laughs> of me there. Um, so, just want to ask, how do you find the taste? Live on your... Yeah, yeah, even eat eat live. Take... On... Right. Go for it. Tell me what the taste yeah. is like. <laughs> so... Um... Um, declaration of interest. I don't particularly have a sweet tooth and I, I never have. And it turns out that um, 
there's a genetic predetermination of your propensity to have a sweet tooth or not. So um, okay. for me, it's all about, uh, I love savory things. I'm not a big fan of cakes, which, which in some ways is a bit of an advantage, but these are, these are very nice. Texture's great. Mm. Texture is excellent. Taste is excellent. For me, this is a bit too sweet. I yeah, maybe partly, saying it last time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, partly I don't have a sweet tooth. Mm -hmm. But also, once you get the carbs out of your life and the very sweet things out of your life in general, and the microbiome changes, actually your tastes change, which is I a good thing. I think you said that in our show. The microbiome's yeah. got a huge impact on taste, doesn't it? In fact, mm. way more than you'd think. It's not just about uh, digestion. It's about your immune system and everything. It's incredible. Mm. So the, the one thing on that, we now have lemon oil, which I think has got a nice zesty taste to it yeah. as well. And I think that comes through well. And we took out the mm. stevia. So the yeah. stevia is a slightly sweeter sweetener, which we decided we didn't need that anymore. Uh, so maybe we could, what I think in the new year, do is savory things would be incredible. Um, yeah. And perhaps maybe less sweet things for those who have, like yourself, gone strict to keto for longer. Yeah, I just, I, what I'd like is, I like everything about it, but just tone down the sweetness. Because I, for me, the sweetness overpowers all the other flavours. Mm -hmm. Okay. What it's, about it's, the experiment? It's certainly though? enjoyable and edible. That's the point. It doesn't feel like, you know, people think, yeah, going to be t tasting like cardboard. I promise you guys, uh, I'm not saying because it's, it's Dan. It's genuinely <laughs> lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. There's a button here that you go through a trap door if you get said the room, wrong thing. Room 101. <laughs> this is Dan's Room 101, Whoa! folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> so let's talk yeah. about the experiment then. So you've do, yeah. you're doing some number crunching with your blood sugar levels. Actually, I'll yeah. tell you what. Before we go into that, do you want to just tell us about prolongevity, should I say, yeah. what the program is, what you do? Because this does actually relate very much to your to your day it, job, doesn't it? it? It does. So that's why I call myself the pharmacist that gave up drugs, because um, we were a well, I mean, I've been very senior in, in, in my profession. We won all of the pharmacy awards, most of them twice. And you start out as a fresh-faced fresh young health professional, irrespective of which profession that might be with high expectations of helping people and what i've seen in my time you know in my 35 years in practice is the drugs bill doubling redoubling quadrupling mm. octupling and i reached the point where i thought almost everyone it seems is either taking a statin or an antidepressant or both yeah the drugs uk drugs bill now is in well excess of 20 billion pounds Wow. And to give you some context, the total NHS bill is about 165 billion. Wow. The total bill for UK pharmacists, in other words, having people like me, is less than three. So the drugs bill is seven times more expensive than the service I provide. Incredible. And it's more than twice as expensive as having all the G as the cost of the entire GP system. Wow. So the one it's a huge monster, isn't it? It's a huge monster. Which would be fine if we felt that we were doing a tremendous amount of good. I'm not, although I call myself the pharmacist that goes gave up drugs, let me be very clear. That doesn't mean I'm a member of a cult who would never recommend any medication to anyone ever. That's absolutely not the case. And I would hate anyone to, to reach the conclusion. There are many people who do need allopathic medicine and it's life-saving. Yeah. But the point is that when 
while all health professionals turn to medication as our first and only choice, we're ignoring root causes. Yeah. And we get to the point where I felt like the whole country's taking on medication. We're medicating an entire society and none of it makes sense. It all felt too much. It felt disproportionate. Mm -hmm. So I went back and explored some of the fundamental science and the root causes and reached the conclusion that the majority of, you know, the illnesses we all dread, right? Diabetes, cancer, the big dread now is dementia, cardiovascular mm. disease, and a lot of infertility in young women yeah. are caused by lifestyle. And I realized that if you, rather than trying to sort of put, you know, keep repairing the leaky bu bucket or put more and more fingers in the diet, in the dike or pick your own analogy why don't we just turn off the tap yeah. and so the principle of prolongevity is turn off the tap that's driving all these diseases because all these diseases actually are all related to one another and yeah. if you stop you know in a sense if you the way the diseases work you buy one and get four free in a bad way if you turn off the tap you turn off one and get the other four turned off in a good way and the obesity epidemic comes along for the ride. So people think it's about the obesity. It isn't. It's actually about fundamental metabolic uh, underlying cellular processes mm -hmm. in a very complex system. And obesity is a bit of a sideline. And people yeah. focus on the obesity because that's what you can see. But actually, it's not root cause. I totally agree. And what's interesting about what you said about, you know, you cure one thing, you cure the rest. Uh, Mark Davidson is a great guy who was on the... Um, Sorry, Dickinson, shall I say? Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Mark, as well. He's a great guy who came on the podcast, and he said that he decided to um, cut the carbs because his parents had some metabolic health issues and he wanted to be healthier. And lo and behold, he hasn't been on antidepressants for years and years and years. Yeah. He never expected to give up antidepressants. That just happened. Um, yeah. You know, there's people like, um, you know, Carrie Brown in America who says that she no longer takes medication for her bipolar too. It, it, again it just isn't needed any longer which she wasn't expecting that it'd be that successful yeah. so it's interesting isn't it how people find and quite often like in mark's case they they find out that the side effect was all these other diseases going away they're like what the heck i never realized that this was all linked to the same thing yeah. it's quite so shocking. there's a kind of direct line between cardiometabolic health microbiome diet and lifestyle yeah and that makes sense when you think about two million years of evolution why wouldn't all these things be connected? Yeah. And the problem, I think, which with Western medicine, bless it, is it abstracts things into single causes and single solutions. Yeah. And there are no single causes. There are, you know, more and less direct causes. And there are very rarely single and simple solutions to a very yeah. complex system. Yeah. But you know what, yeah. Graham? I think the hope there is that if you look at the history of medicine and science, that has always been the case, yeah. that humans go for, they reach out to the answer that's the most obvious and simple. And then as they discover more and more, eventually the paradigm can't do anything but shift. And if, if we didn't yeah. do that, we'd still believe in the four humours of treating people with medicine. We'd still believe in miasma and bad air being poisonous. You, you, course... you mean that's changed? <laughs> well, I, miss... I think the latest textbook now, now has come out this me. year. <laughs> 
You'd be back on the front line. I thought you'd have picked this up. <laughs> oh, hello. Just goes to how out of date I am. Yeah. He hasn't been, he hasn't been in practice since the Renaissance. Um, no. So all these things, they do change and the paradigm has to shift. And the, and the thing I love is, I think actually of everyone I speak to, there's two groups of people who have made the biggest impact on me in the podcast sense. And that is firstly, people who come and share their story. You can't get away from that evidence that they yeah. literally cut carbs and sugar and now they're healthier. And secondly, it's the doctors and people like yourself who are pharmacists on the front line who see the same thing in their patients. So when someone like Dr. Unwin, Malhotra, yourself, when you say, you know, my patients were this and now they're that, well, there's that's, you can't refute that. That's just the evidence, isn't it? Yeah. And the more I hear that, the more I realize this is growing. People are becoming uh, you know, aware of this. The lights are going on. And it's going to take 100%. a time to change it at the top. Yeah. But at the grassroots movement, I think that is now started at least. I don't know where we are with it, but no, it is, I, it is there I started. agree. And as a health professional, once you've seen this, you literally can't unsee it. Yeah. It's impossible for me to go back to my old way of practicing now. Literally yeah. impossible. Yeah. Well, it'd be like a malpractice, wouldn't it? If you went back to the old way, then you'd know that you're doing it wrong and you can't live with yourself, can you? So no. I totally agree. So should we go through the experiments, the results sure. of your tests you've done? Yeah. And just want to let you know that um, those who are listening to this, so Graham has uh, a little blood monitor. Do you want to explain how that the technology yeah, yeah. all works? Yeah. Yep. So it, it basically okay. uses the um, this particular device uses NFC technology. Uh, so it's the same as when you use Apple Pay. You know, you tap with your credit card. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's the principle. So um, I've got a little device. It's a, on my arm. It's about the size of a ten pence piece. Little white disc. And in the, the disc is just stuck to the skin and going below the surface of the skin into the interstitial fluid, the fluid between the cells, is a tiny hair-like sensor. Yeah. And by the miracle of modern science, uh, and I won't go into the, the complexity of the technology, that sensor can, can read continually the amount of uh, blood glucose in the interstitial fluid the fluid between cells absolutely incredible so when you do the blood prick test you get a snapshot of that moment don't you whereas this method correct you're it's the three star libra you get the continuous monitoring of data even when you're asleep it will know exactly what's going on with your blood it's there 24 7 and there's two or three iterations of the technology but the fundamental science is the same so all i need to do is this and this yeah i can see it's just done it there we are and that is my reading as amazing. of now. Amazing. So, that's my... so there is a bit of a lag between your tissue fluid glucose and your blood glucose. Yeah. But it's but from the intensive purposes of today, it makes no difference. So that's my instant reading. But every time I do that, the sensor dumps eight hours of, of data into my phone, which gets uploaded to a server. So what I think I'll do now is I will share um the information there so you can mm -hmm. see so what we're seeing here are a series of two week two week aliquots of time each of the sensors last two weeks so you kind of get two weeks two weeks two weeks two weeks that's the current two weeks to date and i'll drill into a bit more detail that's the previous two weeks and i can go back in my history you can see i can go back to when i first started wearing the device uh, i don't wear it all the time but it means for instance here can you see that yeah. Can you see how much how lumpy that was and how spread the results? Yeah, were? so that's February 2019. There's quite a bulge in the middle of that one, isn't there? Yeah. 
And you can see what goes up must come down. Yeah. So it's the, it's the sort of seesaw, seesaw roller coaster effect. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the first two weeks I think I ever wore the device. Can you see that the average is 5.7? Yeah. And I was experimenting. The next week, you can see the average went from 5.7 to 5.4. Right. That's the average reading. It's not an HBA or NC, but you can kind of see that there's a difference. And if you look here, yeah. can you see it's much flatter and much tighter? Yeah, it is. Now, no drug will do that. That is just a lifestyle intervention that literally happened in two weeks. And that is an illustration. I mean, I wasn't in bad health, but I've got clients where this will be a complete disaster. And two weeks later, it will be much closer. It won't be as good as this, but it's an illustration. Well, it tells okay. you how absolutely fantastic and wonderful our bodies are at being able to like repair themselves when you stop doing the damage to them. 100%. Uh, unless you leave it too late. But it's amazing how even people who've got quite severe disease can do well. So this is the last two weeks. And you can see the thin blue line is the average. Mm -hmm. And then you've got standard deviations either side. So that's the spread of results. Yeah. And I aim for my clients initially to not go below about 3.9 mm -hmm. and not go above about eight. When people just get out of interest, Graham, yeah, can you yeah. describe those numbers to me? Because in America, yeah. they use a different system, don't they? Yeah. So it's four millimoles per mole. Right. Okay. And uh, we can, we can equivalent them. So we can, we can equivalent them in sort of, it, it's, it's kind of centigrade in Fahrenheit. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that is the, a gross look at the last two weeks. And I'm hoping now you'll be able to see um, an AGP report here. Nervous. <laughs> okay. What have we got here then, Graham? So can you see the screen? That, that, that I you can, yeah. Right. AGP report, yep. Perfect. So what am I looking for is the average glucose, same as we said before, 5.4. The glucose management indicator, which is an equivalent projection of the HbA1c that your GP will do. Glucose variability and time in range. Okay. Right. So my average glucose is 5.4. My management, the overall uh, HbA1c is 5.6%. Or if you're talking in dollars, that's 38 millimoles per mole. Mm -hmm. Those are the equivalents. It's a centigrade Fahrenheit thing. And my variability is 8.7. Right. And that is a very healthy profile. And you can see it illustrated here. I'm never going low. I'm never going high. And it's really not moving very much. Fantastic. So your blood sugars are always being managed by your body beautifully because it's not having to react to your intake of food and have this huge seesaw between insulin release. Yeah. And now as sugar is like gone, suddenly we're feeling lethargic yeah. and we need to get rid of the insulin quickly. Yeah. So it's, it's a boring, it's a bit boring as, as boring as hell. Typical pharmacist, basically. It's what you want. It's what you want. It's what you want. So now we can look at individual days. And this is where uh, Dan is having to put the brown trousers and the bicycle clips because we're about to illustrate the effect <laughs> of his cake. Yeah, go for are, are it. You ready for, are you ready for this? I'm ready. You sure? No. Your, fi your final answer? <laughs> no, not my final answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Go for it, Graham. So this one you might find interesting. Can you see this little peak just here? Yes, I can, yeah. That, that was park run. Oh, oh, okay. Right. And you might say, well, hang about. Why, when you exercise, would your blood glucose go up? 
Yeah. And the answer is when you exercise intensely, the body chucks extra energy into the bloodstream because it needs, you know, it needs for you to be able to defend your run away from this famous saber toothed tiger. And when yeah. you stop at the end of park run, you know, park run, you really go for it and then you stop. It goes up and then it comes down. But as you can see, it's not gone very high. Yeah. And it's not then overshot. So that's a perfectly healthy, normal physiological response. Right. So that's the response to exercise. OK. Yep. And you can see, basically, I haven't even bothered recording. what I, I'm so used to it. I'm so flat that I don't even bother uh, recording what I eat most of the time. Yeah. Now the, now the big reveal. Da, da, da. Here's Dan's D, DGF grizzle cake. Right. OK. Yeah. Nothing, nada, Rian, nothing, Flat nothing, nothing. So hang on, so so you get a higher blood glucose release from exercise than you do from a digitally got free cake. Yeah. Oh my word! I never realised it's that good. I mean, we get a lot of um, diabetic customers sending us their results, really happy, but I didn't realise you got nothing. So can well, we just see that again? Sorry, Graham, because I know that. Oh, um, is that okay? That, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just really want to see this data because I didn't realize it was absolutely nothing. That's incredible. Let's sort of ask a question on to it for me. So yeah, is yeah. that little is that little orange uh, mark or apple or something? I don't so know what that is. When, what, when, within the app, you have the ability to record food. And when you record food, it, it just it, it comes up with an apple. I don't know. That's just the um uh the designation they've put on it. So it just mark right. it's a marker for having put food in. If you look at the bottom, you can see I put DGF drizzle cake in uh, in free text. Oh well yeah, okay, got you. Right. I can see that. And you can yep. see that it basically it has had no perceptible effect on me at all. That's amazing. Yeah. Now there is this does come with a government healthcare warning, which is this. If you feed a thousand people an identical meal even identical twins and identical male, you would assume, particularly with identical twins, that the responses will be the same. Yeah. And that's not the case. So um, there's a concept of, of a bell-shaped curve, which is kind of the average across a population. And that's how these yeah. kind of averages are formed. But you could be here or there on the bell-shaped curve. So the fact that this has no effect on me cannot therefore be guaranteed to mean that somebody else wouldn't react. Yeah, right. gotcha. So I think it's profoundly unlikely that anyone would eat uh, your drizzle cake and have a huge spike, but it's entirely foreseeable that some people will have a modest rise. Yeah, which is sometimes what well, we see with some diabetic yeah, customers. They'll have a, exactly. a really, I mean, they're delighted because they say their normal meals are higher spike than their dessert, which is incredible. Yeah. However, they do have a slight increase because that's the way their body reacts to it. Yeah. But in your case, yeah. but I guess it's all like the law of averages in a way. If you eat some things that are high sugar, some people will have a really high spike. Some people have a more moderate spike. If you yeah. eat something that's very low carb, some people will have no spike. Some people will have a very moderate spike, but at least you're yeah. going to have a much safer food for your blood yeah. sugar levels. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I, I've recommended your products to a lot of uh, prolongevity clients. I've, I've never had a complaint that they don't like it. And I've never had a complaint. Mm. Um, I've never had a complaint <laughs> that it's caused a sugar spike. And I, I observe all my clients' data. So yeah. if they were showing spikes, I mean, I must, you know, we've got a couple of hundred clients across this now. Uh, not all of whom have obviously eaten, uh, sadly for you, eating your products, but uh, there hasn't been a single client where we've seen a significant uh, gl glycemic response to um, to any of your products. 
Which is great. And it also means that the original plan for this cake was that it was there for Besma in her gestational yeah. diabetes. And and we, you know, yeah. we we were working on recipes that would actually not spike her blood sugar. Because, you know, if you're someone who does this for, you know, just general monitoring of your health, that's fantastic. But if you've got diabetes, you can't mess about, can you? You just have to be so, so careful. And that's exactly what this product was, was made for. Yeah. So it's great to see the other thing, it's, it's the other passed thing the test. You might find interesting. Can you see the next day? Uh, yeah. Flat, flat, flat. And then something happened. Uh, is this around 8, 8.30 in the evening? Yeah, about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Any guesses? Yeah. Well, I don't want to ask about your personal life, Graham. Um, <laughs> park run? <laughs> uh, at, that time, at that time of night. No, I tell you, shall I stop the share now? Yeah, yeah, let's. <laughs> right. Shall I, and shall I fess all? So, um, you know, because we, we've discussed this uh, in quite a lot of detail, uh, that I, I place a lot of emphasis on sleep. And one of the things I encourage people to do pre-bed is to have a bath, not a shower, and to do it at bedtime, not in the morning, and have it and so to hot. have it very hot and a cool room. I've learned, I've learned. Right. So that is my very hot bath, which produces a cortisol rise. It's a form of positive oh. stress, just like a heart run. Lamesis. Yeah. So, yeah. so there you are with this, this your body getting ready because it's like, oh, something's happening here. It's uncomfortable. We might have to run away from this. We might have to fight something. So it's that fight or flight thing. Fantastic. It's a stress response, yeah. And that is one of the reasons uh, there's a lot of science actually around the benefits of saunas and steam rooms, particularly saunas. Well, and, if I say this, don't freak yeah. out, but I was actually in a sauna thinking of you the other day. Um, oh, my because God. I was, yeah. <laughs> so I hadn't, I, I it was all like, going so well up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Um, I was oh, alone okay. and I was in a sauna. That's getting worse. Anyway, um, but I do, I do remember you saying about doing the 20 minutes or so in a sauna. Yeah. And there's a really hot sauna that I can't do the more than about seven minutes before I start feeling a bit lightheaded. Um, yeah. And it's like 70 to 80 degrees centigrade. The other mm. one's about 50, and I thought, I'll do that one for longer. And I must admit, it's it incredibly pleasant to do. And you come out, you yeah. feel your heart beating. You really feel like you're going for it. And then I have a quick shower, get in the plunge pool, and the body's like temperature goes from up here to down there. And I thought, Graham yeah. would be very proud of you right now. So, um, and I did, I went to the hot tub after that, and it really, it's really hot as well. And yeah. I went home and I slept beautifully after that. It was a really yeah. good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I always say I I hate hormesis to pieces. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm saying that you do, but you get used to it, don't you? There's something about the adrenaline rush of doing these things, which actually is quite nice to your body. Yeah. So in January, I'm going to do an ice bath challenge, which I've not done any preparation for. And I thought, oh, just go for it. You know, like Daisy, um, who does the Keto Woman podcast, she does sea swimming every day, even yeah. this time of year. And I just think... I take my hat off to those people. That's incredible. I'm going to try something too. So rather than just plunging in a 15 degree centigrade, which seems a little bit wussy now, I'm going to take it down even colder uh, each day. So before we finish up, Graham, I was going to ask you, yeah. what are you doing for Christmas? Um, and you, you are a Jewish man as well. Yeah, so yeah. Um, tell me about Hanukkah and about your traditions this time well, of year. Yeah. I mean, as you, as you know, all the Abrahamic faiths have a, some kind of festival at this time of year. Um, and I believe they're all connected. I mean, you're the expert in this kind of area. I'm sure they're all um, connected. So we were planning to go to Israel. I've been trying to get back. We've got friends and family over there. I've been trying to get back the last two years. Yeah. I think they, I, I've got to take this. I don't want to take this the wrong way, but every time I try and go, they lock the country. <laughs> they claim it's, you, they claim it's COVID, but I'm beginning to wonder. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we can't go to Israel, but we managed to book a light, a last minute flight to Mexico. Um, wow. Apparently the Mexicans will take anyone, even me. Even so you, on, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So on Sunday, we're off to Mexico. We've got a couple, we've got a five days in Mexico City, and then we're going to go down to Cancun and have some chill time, which, you know, as you know, my partner, Karen's a GP. We've both been working stupid hours. We've had hardly any time off all year. I'm just determined to get some kind of break in and, you know, refresh our, refresh ourselves ahead of next year. So hugely excited, uh, you know, rather than worrying about the disappointment of of not being able to go to Israel, we'll, pro- we'll try and do that. I want to go to the Metabolics Conference if they're, if they're holding it again next year. Um, wow, where's that? Yeah. Is that in Israel, do you say? It was in Tel Aviv, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. amazing, yeah. be incredible. Yeah, Robert Lustig was there. We, I wanted to go, but again, we just couldn't make it. But yeah. um, if they hold a Metabolic Conference in Israel next year and anyone can travel, we're off like a shot. But in the meantime, yeah, we're going to be in, uh, in in Mexico. So you're, it's really a first world problem, isn't it? I really can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, feel so, I feel that much sorry for you. Um, yeah. But the great thing is in Mexico, it's going to be a lovely temperature, I'd have thought. Even though it's Northern Hemisphere, it's quite far south. Yeah. And so it's going to be lovely, I'd have thought. I've nice never been. Wild. So we're looking forward to exploring some history and some culture and then having a bit of chill time at the end. So Can I tell yeah. you my, my trip to Mexico story? Um, Go on. And when I say trip... Do I get a choice? Your... You don't get a choice, no, unless you leave the studio, it's, which uh, I'm unlock now. I... Yeah. So I went. I was actually at the um, Low Carb USA conference in 2017 in San Diego, which I've, I don't know if you know the geography, but it's very, very close to the Mexican border. And I remember talking to the other participants uh, who were there and saying, you know what, I really love the idea of going to Mexico and seeing the place. And they were like, mm. well, you've got the Californian coast up the road. You're like, why don't you just go there instead? And I was like, yes, but it's Mexico. How cool is that? So on my last day, Vespa killed me afterwards. On my last day, I decided just to go and get a taxi to the border, walk across the border, spend some time in Mexico, just just on the border town itself, uh, come back again, walk through the border again. To the so USA. you're the problem. When Trump was talking about these bad hombres, <laughs> you're the bad hombre. Pretty I much. always knew it. I always knew it. I'm like a boomerang. <laughs> I kind of went and came back within very quick succession. <laughs> yeah. But I got my timings completely wrong. So by the time I got to the border, my flight was leaving in about four hours. And I thought I better be quick. I mean, who crosses an international border before they get a flight somewhere? You know, all the things that could go wrong. And they did. But anyway, so I went across, <laughs> the, went across the border, managed to make it. Um, I then kind of walked around the town very, very quickly. I didn't even stop to say hello or to see anything, really. It's pathetic. I just walked through, walked through the passport control, which, of course, is way longer than I expected because people are passing into the USA. They're not coming out so much. So I passed through this long, long queue, got in the taxi, raced back to the airport just in time to catch the the aeroplane, which was then cancelled, as it turned out. So (laughs) then I had to wait about 12 hours and I thought I could have been in Mexico right now, drinking tequila, having a great time. But no, here I am in the airport and it's not going anywhere. And then, of course, I got onto uh, the flight thinking, right, I just want to go home now. Sat down. And who was next to me? Andreas, the diet doctor himself, was next to me really? on the flight home. And we shared, because he was at the same conference, Low Carb USA. Yeah, yeah. And we shared the whole journey from San Diego to Heathrow talking low carb the, the whole time i was like this yeah. is incredible i've been to mexico today i met andreas Anfart. Uh, i've done all that is that how he pronounced his surname i think so i've been, i've done all this stuff in one day it's like a bit of a magic day for me um so that's my mexican story it's not quite as um mexican based it's more low carb based but an airplane based but there you go <laughs> <laughs> fantastic
Yeah. Yeah. So all's well that ends well. All's well that ends well. Yeah. But anyway, th- enjoy your holiday away, Graham. You you really yeah. have earned it. And thank you for a fantastic year. And also, I want to say a massive thank you for the series we made in March to the summer this year. Um, that was really special and it's one of the highlights of the year for me. So thank you for teaching me so much and helping so many of my listeners to pick up and learn about low carbon and general health uh, and metabolic health. It's an absolute joy. And I you know, wish you and every, all, all the listeners the very best, wherever, whichever part of the world you end up with, you know, enjoy one of Dan's cakes and have some fun. <laughs> hey, I love that. All right, then. Take care, mate. Right, Happy Christmas. Cheers. Take Bye. care. Bye.